Hey everybody and welcome. This is Bob. I didn't want to get going too much there, but uh, we got a special guest tonight and his name is Sauce or Sauslin if you use his full first name. And I have no idea how to pronounce your last name. You've done it a couple times for me, but I still don't remember. I want to take a crack at it though. Is it Timolson? <laughs> it's Timonson. Timonson. Yes. So yes. It's not it's a it's not a short it's a long E rather than a short uh, a short one. Yes. So okay, I was gonna put uh, you put the sauce report on there. I was gonna put the savage, but we can put sauce report up here. How's it going? You're it's in the ocean having fun? I am well. And I got to tour, like a, I was able to tour a couple things and be able to try new things. I learned how to drive a bobcat for the first time. I, you know, I saw that on the socials. And I was thinking, I was going to write something and I thought, no, I'd be rude because I don't write uh, too much on your stuff. But I was going to write and say, hey, you know, uh, anytime you want to come over, I got some projects for you. Well, how about that? Hey, I wouldn't mind coming on over for a project. <laughs> I got I got a few things I need to dig up, uh, and uh, I don't have a bobcat, but uh, I'm sure you we do? can wrangle something. No, no, I don't. <laughs> no. Well, hey, if you want, if you want to, like, I'd be more than welcome to. No, and then I, <laughs> I also, um, I went out, I went out to breakfast yesterday, mm -hmm. and breakfast was good. And it was, she was such a sweet gal. I'm like good friends with her and stuff. So, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I, you seem to be uh, playing the field here lately. <laughs> well, you know what? Practice makes perfect, I guess. You get to play like, oh, you know, practice I'm, makes perfect. You know, you get to see what you're like, you're, you know, what you like, what you don't like, you know, what kind of. For instance, what kind of conversations you're going to have if you're like not interested in that person, so you have as drive a conversation as you can. For instance, I had I had to, I have to tell you something. So sure, I had I liked a girl and stuff, and I'm like ah, you know what? I don't really I, like you know when you don't have feelings for anyone. So you know what I started talking about? Plain tires. <laughs> so you were talking like uh, jets or yeah, like uh, airlines. Yeah, airliners. So I'm like, hey, you know, did you hear about the airline the other day? I guess they got brand new tires for one of the 737-900 series, huh? Mm -hmm. And she's like, wait, what? She's like, are you not interested in me? I'm like, what? Well, you didn't see them in stuff? I'm like, really? I'm not. I'm like, you know what? You have a good heart and stuff, but I'm not. Let's move. You're not the right well, person. Well, let me ask you a question. What? This was breakfast, right? She was a Democrat. <laughs> no. I was going to say, what happened the night before if you're having breakfast together? No, okay. So this was not the recent girl. No. I oh, okay. I was, yeah. No, this is no, 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 no. So this girl I worked up with camp with, she was a she was a lifeguard, and I worked up camp with her and stuff. She is absolutely the sweetest girl. Um, she, you know, and you know, not somebody, sweet enough, apparently. Well, no. Well, this one is. This one, I mean, she's a cute girl. She's a sweet one. But my mm -hmm. other one before, her name was actually Brenda. Okay. Okay. Brenda's the one that she didn't tell me the after the fact. And I'm like, so finally asked, 
what political party are you? And she's like, I'm a Democrat. What, I'm like, what are you asking that question for? What do you? What does it matter? You can still get well, along. Okay, well, okay, Bob, have you looked at my social media content? Do you honestly? I, I don't. I, I yes, but I there. You know, we all got to get along. You isn't know? your wife like a? Isn't your wife like a wacky progressive? That's a wacky cat lady, or no? <laughs> um, I don't know if I would say she's a wacky cat lady, but uh, she does. We do have cats. And, oh, uh, okay. I, are you serious? How many? Like eight or twelve? No, no, we just got a couple cats. Okay, that was a. Clear, I think I, I was in the dark. I don't remember, but yeah. Well, I was shooting in the dark. I didn't actually expect to have cat. I didn't. You're not a cat person. You don't seem like a cat person. Oh no, I'm. Well, I'm. A, I am a animal person, no matter what. Yeah. Are you a dog person? Sure, we've had dogs, we've had cats. Yeah, yeah. I absolutely now love Miles. Dogs. Miles likes he has had uh, big cockroaches and all kinds of praying mantis and all kinds of insects and whatnot. We most of our pets oh, boy, have been that. furry in some way, so we've had hamsters and and uh, dogs and cats mostly. But but we're getting off the subject here. So the subject was, though, that you're like, well, she's a Democrat. And then you're like, oh, well, oh, well, just because I'm a fairly conservative, uh, essentially a conservative uh, person or a conservative, you know, uh, in my beliefs that I can't get along with somebody like that or what? Oh, so I'm sorry. I think something happened and stuff. OK, so what um, can you repeat that again? <laughs> Sure. So I said, so this girl, this, this uh, girl said she was a Democrat, and you're like, oh, Brenda. Oh, yeah, I can't get along with a Democrat. I'm like, you can. It's perfectly okay. Just because you're a fairly conservative person doesn't mean that you can't get along with somebody that's not. That's not the, the thing, is it? You're limiting I mean yourself here. But have you looked at some of the conservative girls? No, I'm. I haven't. <laughs> I mean, some of the. I mean, so, but, so here's how I look at it, though. Like I looked at. I mean, you can't. I mean, that to me that seems a little bit harsh. I mean, you're drawing lines in areas that they don't need to be drawn at this point. You know, uh, who was the? Uh, do you? You're probably too young for this, but do you remember? Uh, back in the Clinton time, which you probably were like a toddler or something back when Clinton was president. Monica Wilinski? No, no, no. I'm uh, talking more politics. So there was a guy. Oh, gosh, I wish I could remember his name. He was a Southern guy, and he, uh, um, uh, I think, helped Clinton. He all, he all talk like this. And he was all... Anyway, I can't. Carville. Uh, is it James Carville? Is that his name? I have no idea. I'm not a person. I I wasn't. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, he was married to. He was very. Uh, he was very uh, liberal, okay. but he was married to someone who was very conservative. And in fact, they were both kind of, um, you know, kind of like behind the scenes people with uh, politicians on either side of the. James Carville, yeah, he had a show and everything, too, I think. Anyway, but they were behind-the-scenes people, but they were totally opposite for their politics. See, but that, I mean, I feel like you could get along with that, like, a couple years before, that'd be completely fine. 
But mm-hmm. now you look at it in this day and age, everything's so polar opposite. I mean, it's like no, it's all the same. That's that's the that's the 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 beauty of it is there really no. I mean, yes, there's some other issues, but everything. But really, it's all the same. There's people oh, who, who tend to go more conservative, people who tend to go more liberal, and then and uh, you know that's just the way it goes. I well, you know, <laughs> well, and then well, and then look at Brandon. I may have, I may have shortened the interview here with you by saying things like this. I don't know. No, you're good. Well, and then okay, so here's another thing about Brenda though. That was a problem, and I learned a major lesson from her too. Okay. So here's so one thing I found out is that she was needy. Like she okay. Was, well, see now now you're getting into relationship territory. So yeah. So, so she, yeah, well, she's needy. Then, yeah. She was like needy, and she. I'm like, so I'm like, wow, you must be. And I'm like, so you, and that's you need I'm to like, lead with that. You need to say, oh, she was a needy liberal. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so she was looking for handouts too. That's what needy liberals do. In oh, okay. Oh, well, there. You, now that's that's a whole different ball game there. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it didn't really help though either. I mean, I was like, ah. Uh, I mean, you're not really. I'm like, so what are you needy about? Like, every time I would like leave and stuff, she'd be like, "What are you doing?" Like, she'd blow up my phone. I'm like, I'm like, girl, I'm like doing something. Like, geez, get off my back. Like, I'm busy. Yeah, like my goodness, like, holy cow, like I'm flying. I'm like, saving the world. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, you're clearly out with at Starbucks with the <laughs> weird, weird rainbow people and stuff. Oh my goodness. You're like, uh, so we should say so people don't know who you are. So I I know Sauce through uh, Savage Unfiltered, and I've he's been on uh, before on uh, with Miles and and Michael and and uh, uh, Leonard or um, Joseph Joseph Leonard, yeah, and uh, and so forth and so and they're. Uh, and then now you're doing, you're calling, now is the sauce report, is this your new thing? Are you still doing stuff with Michael and Joseph or no? Well, I am actually. So I know you is, were, but I just wanted to throw it out there. Oh, no, I am. <laughs> uh, so I want to tell you like the reason why, like, so Michael's doing his own thing. Like he's in the movie industry and right. uh, I'm like, you know, that's, that's, I heard that's like a rigorous, like it takes a lot of energy and time out of you and stuff, mm-hmm. but what happened is, so I started the, so I started podcasting a long time ago, actually. Um, right. I think about the reason why I started podcasting was because I was paralyzed from the neck down. What? And I, yeah. So I had. Now, the, wait, I, how did you can't toss that out? What, how did that happen? So I started. Um, and here I started you are like, at the, you're in the water and the ocean on this picture here. And yeah. Well, you're that's paralyzed. Actually, did you yeah. hurt your back? So I, I received the anthrax vaccine back in 2019 when I was in the military. Oh, yeah, when the guinea, new, guinea pig. Yes. So I was forced to get it or I had um, my other option was get a dis- dishonorable discharge. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I'm not looking for a dishonorable discharge because that's worse than a felony. So right. well, uh, and you don't I, get any money or anything. Yeah, you don't get anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what happened was I ended up getting it. And then two months later of getting it, I had, I was leading a Bible study and, mm-hmm. and next thing you know, I felt, I fell down and I had like, I was paralyzed from the neck down and, and it took me over two and a half years to do a full recovery. So That's I wild. had to, 
I had to relearn how to talk, relearn how to walk, relearn how to like bathe and relearn how to go bathroom by myself. It, I was like, I was like a, a born again person. Like I, it's like I came out of a so, womb. So I, you really, so did they tell you it was because of this uh, anthrax thing or did, no, is they this what you're... Some, no, that, well, that's what, I, that's what the civilian doctor said. It was from the anthrax vaccine, uh -huh. but the military stated that it was like FND, which is functional neurological disorder. And what that is, is that the reason why they said it was an anthrax vaccine, because it did so much damage to my body mm -hmm. that I lost so much weight. I used to be 210, mm -hmm. all like in muscle mass. And, but when I was in the hospital for all that duration, I went from 210 to 129 and less than, uh, it was the fastest weight loss program I've ever been on. Oh my and, gosh. I couldn't yeah, believe you're it, two, you've been 210, to be honest with you. <laughs> I don't look like, it. no. Well, and it was like, and I didn't know if I was going to make it out alive. And so I was in the Japanese hospital. Wow. So I could, yeah, I can understand what people were saying. And, you know, if I didn't have my faith in God, like if I didn't have my faith in him, I don't know where I'd be at. What, because, you know, I mean, you, you were even overseas. So you were, I was stationed you were stationed in, Tokyo, in Okinawa Tokyo, or something? No, Tokyo, Yokota Air Force Base, which is in Tokyo, Japan. Oh, in Tokyo. Wow, that's cool. But yeah. So not it was, seeing it from the hospital window is not cool, but... Uh... No. <laughs> and so I got to experience my first hurricane, by the way. Wow. Yeah, in Tokyo, Japan. Not one hurricane, but two hurricanes. One was in the hospital, and the other one was actually on base. Oh, strange. Yeah. So, you're, so you, you collapse. You get stuck in the uh, hospital. Everyone's speaking a different language. Yeah. You're, you're laying there, and you can look around, but you can't move anything. Yeah. I could, like, lay and. And I knew like, and so what happened is I knew my body was deteriorating really fast because yeah. um, I got onto, my health got so bad that they only did liquid IV. That's how mm. bad it was. Really? And that's what you call desperate measure. Right. And so I was like on oxygen. I was like on the whole works and I was medevaced back to the States. And so I was medevaced and what another medevac means is that you go on a C-17 or C-4 which are huge cargo planes. Mm -hmm. And from there you go and you land. We landed in Hawaii mm -hmm. uh, because my health declined even to be in a worse shape. And I was like too, uh, like my health was too bad, too severe mm -hmm. to, for flight. And so they were that worried. So then we went to Yokota Air. I went to um, Hawaii. And then from Hawaii, I went to San Diego, mm -hmm. uh, uh, their Air Force Base. And then from there, I went to San Antonio, Texas. So from and now I was at Brooklyn Army Medical Center, which was a beautiful hospital, by the way, it, and it's like a maze. Mm -hmm. It's one of the biggest hospitals in the Department of Defense. Actually, it is the biggest hospital compared to Walter Reed. Mm -hmm. But either way, I mean, I was in the critical care unit, ICU unit, for quite some time. I was in room three thirty three, which is on third floor in the ICU, and it was like very like I it was it was very bad. That's a bit uh, ominous, don't you think? What's that? 333 it's never good to have these numbers that line up like that yeah why is that it's weird isn't it yeah i never noticed that yeah but, but either way i you know what happened is i went to acute rehab facility the first time i thought i was making some change i thought i was making healthy progressions but then what happened is that i had a kidney like my kidneys like completely like stopped functioning right your kidney started having kidney failure which is you know, yeah. pretty detrimental. And so then what happened is I went backwards. 
so then I went and back to the hospital for quite some time. And from there, I'd lost my memory. And that's where I lost my memory. And I'm like, I didn't know who my parents were. I didn't know what my name was. So, for instance, you could come in and you could talk to me. And, like, you could tell me all these wonderful things. Mm-hmm. And then literally 10 seconds or 5 seconds from when you leave the room and you come back in, I didn't know who you were. And then said, I would say, okay, what are you doing? And who are you? You know, and it was that kind of, it was that kind of a situation. So, so did you... Uh... So did you have any kind of brain damage because of this or just because do you think it was because of the kidney failure and then you're basically your kidneys don't function. You build up toxins in your blood and those toxins can go to all over, you know, your organs and your brain Mm -hmm. and everything. You think that was the cause or what did they tell you? Well, there was if you look at the MRI scans and if you look at my scans and stuff, you can see a major black dot on the right side of the brain. And that was actually mm-hmm. from the, that was actually brain damage. Right. So then you have bleeding yeah. in your brain. If you want, I, mean, I wouldn't say bleeding, but like actual dead brain cells, like a dead brain. Part. Well, usually what happens uh, if you get uh, dark spots on your MRI and so forth that, that well, it's damaged, but typically it's damaged because of uh, bleeding. I think. I mean, that's my understanding. I could be wrong. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a doctor. I'm not an official doctor. I'm only a doctor when I talk to Michael. Yeah, you're, well, you're doctor love <laughs> when you talk to Michael. <laughs> so that I mean, that is horrendous. I mean, so, and I mean, you don't have an e- easy name to remember, to be honest with you, because I can't remember it. But to have that happen, I mean, so then you basically had. Um, uh, it's a form of aphasia, I believe. Um, I can't remember which one it is, but you know they talk about Bruce Willis. Have, Bruce Willis is having aphasia, right? So he's got brain uh, problems that deteriorate so that he can't comp- he, he can't talk or he can't comprehend things mm-hmm. and so forth. And so you had something probably uh, similar because you had short, you had memory problems, so you had short term memory problems. So yeah, you literally. I don't know if you've ever seen, I mean, you lived it, so, but you probably can't remember living it, but have you ever seen anybody with short-term memory problems? Oh, yes, I have. Um, It's kind of, I mean, for, not to make light of it, but it's kind of funny because you leave the room and come back, oh, hey, how do you, you know, who is this? Yeah, and you're like, no, I already, like, all right, no, and I've walked with people, I'm like, okay, great, I just literally saw you like 10 seconds, okay, you know what your name is, okay, don't play around. Yeah. You know, and it's and it's definitely frustrating because uh, some people would, will write notes. They if they have memory, they write like I, I know I saw this thing on this one lady who just did all these post-it notes, and they were posted everywhere in her house so that she could know what she's doing from moment to moment. Yeah, it was definitely it was a very scary moment in my life, actually. So what was the turnaround then? I mean, what ha- what happened to bring you? I mean, you're on the brink here. So what happened is I, it was my, so it was my faith in God that, and it was my, like, I, of course it was my faith in God. Well, now how did you know that? If you could remember your name, how do you know that God was helping you? Well, I mean, not, I was playing devil's of, advocate a little bit here, so. No, no, it was, it was actually more of the doctors. Okay. It was, like, it, was, it was the amount of like acute rehab facility, the amount of like memory I had to do and speech therapy and it was yeah. all that. So it was like heavily it was like heavily memory of the speech and heavily memory in acute rehab facility and like um, occupational therapy mm-hmm. and it so was they, all that. Did they get your, they got your kidneys kick started or whatever again? Right. Yep. Yeah. You didn't get and, transplant or anything, did you? 
No, no, no. I didn't oh, okay. go. No, it, it wasn't that bad. Thank goodness. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, um, and it wasn't that bad. So it was, it, but it did take quite a bit. It was kind of extensive. Um, but either way, I mean, like it sucked going through acute rehab facility, like going two hours a day at like speech therapy. Mm-hmm. And so here's what my typical day looked like. So it's two hours of speech therapy in the morning and then two hours of occupational therapy. Mm-hmm. And then it was another two hours, about 90 minutes, an hour and a half of um, physical therapy also in the morning. So we started at seven in the morning to tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. And it was like so long. So it was like seven to nine speech therapy. And then 9.05 to 11.05, uh, it was uh, occupational therapy. And then mm-hmm. from uh, 11.15 to around 1 o'clock, it was a physical therapy. And then I had at 1, 1 to one thirty, it was lunch. And then I would get, get your them. jello. Get your jello then. They always give you oh, jello in the oh, hospital. I don't know care. why, but yeah. What's that? Oh, well, you're, uh, I don't know what you just said. Oh, I said you always get jello at lunch in the hospital for some reason. I don't know why they're so, you know, up on giving everybody jello. I mean, I'm sure you got something else, but there's always jello. Why is that, by the way? I, I think jello like must be like have some kind of stranglehold on the on the healthcare system or something. Oh, everybody gets jello or something like that, you know? So I don't know. Weird. Yeah. I don't get why they have that. Like, that's another thing. Like, I don't understand. Like, what's the point of getting jello? Like, are they like, are they trying to make you like. It's kind of like, like a dessert, but it's not too heavy, you know? No, well, I remember drinking neutral shares. Those are bad. Like, those yeah. taste horrible, you know? Hmm. So that was my lunch. And so then in the afternoon, we repeated the same cycle. And then I would end at 5.30. And I was like, I was wiped. Yeah, you'd be exhausted I, after all that. Holy cow. And it was like, all right, this is kind of, and there were moments where I wanted to give up, but I knew if I were to give up, I'd be going probably to a nursing home. Yeah. Oh no, you don't want, you don't want to do that. Now, let me ask you a question. This is a weird question, but so you had to relearn how to talk and everything. Did you have any recordings of yourself prior? Do you know if you sound different? Yeah, I don't have recordings. Uh, Okay. I would think that you know, if you if you went through something like that, because when you relearn, right? So mm-hmm. then you're there can be you're not necessarily going to talk exactly the same way or have the same uh, you know cadence and and so forth because you're starting all over again. And so it, that really your environment, I think, would play a role in that. And so therefore, you may sound uh, different because you're you know redoing it so i'm surprised you don't sound more southern because uh you were doing that in texas and so therefore my my guess is your speech therapist was probably from the area and so therefore you would have more of a twang uh, yeah because they have a twang and you're you know you're practicing so you're just repeating whatever they're telling you to yeah aren't you from the south though no i'm not i'm from uh illinois (laughs) <laughs> Illinois, which like Chicago area? No, no, middle of Illinois, Decatur, like, Illinois. Oh, Bloomington, that's where you're from. Yeah, well, you can say Bloomington, but yeah, Bloom- not, I, I didn't grow up in Bloomington, but yeah, what that area. Okay. <laughs> so, so either way, so what happened was 
Would that because of what well, I also had two speech therapists though too. I mean, that's pretty hard when you have two speech therapists from two different sure. areas. Yeah. So I, uh, it was, and then I also had like, a, like, um, a, like a speech therapist. I would talk about music and, you know, talk about podcasting and talk about all that. And oh, wow. This, this, this is my, okay. I don't, I, this is really a, a eye opener thing. Cause so basically, I mean, you're, I mean, how, how long ago was this for you? This was what happened in 2019, 2020, and 21. It happened a couple of years oh ago. My, oh my gosh, get out of town. So I mean, I've talked to you for at least a year or more yeah. different times. So this is like pretty fresh. I mean, this is during COVID? It, oh, yes, it was. And it sucked. Because then you don't get to see anybody because no. they locked everything down during that time. So, so I would, yes, and I was during COVID, and that was one interesting thing. That was mask was everywhere, and mm -hmm. it was weird, um, you know, with the whole mask stuff. And I was like, ah. And luckily, we were in Texas, so like it was, it had still like strict lockdowns and stuff. But man, mm -hmm. it it surely was odd. So uh, then. So then this is still, I guess you were at that point, uh, until it happened, you were still active duty person. Yes. I, so pretty much when this happens, when this kind of event happens, you're pretty much, I mean, you're, and I was trying to fight my way to get in or try to fight my way to still be in the military. But pretty mm -hmm. much once you're done, once this big of a thing travesty happens, there's no way of rebounding. There's right. no way of like trying to fight and stuff. So it's more like, all right, let's start looking for something else. You know, let's start looking for job opportunities or let's look at colleges right. or let's do something else, but it's not going to be the military. So, the, so now so just so everybody knows, you were in the Air Force uh, right out of high school? Yes, I was in the Air Force right after high school. Mm -hmm. Well, do you actually know that I was in the Army Reserves from, uh, I was in the Army Reserves. From, so when I turned 18, okay. Mm -hmm. I, I've stayed this on my podcast a lot. I did a dumb head or did a, a, a pig headed moment. And it was on my 18th birthday. I'm like, I told my parents, I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm going to go for a drive. I went straight to the Army Reserves recruiter's office and mm -hmm. I joined the Army Reserves. Okay. And I knew I, I knew I, I knew I messed up. And so it was interesting because I, you know, there's more disappointment that comes in, in mind. Oh. There's more disappointment that comes to mind is when you hand your mom like a pamphlet saying, "Hey, welcome to the army. Your son is now a proud soldier and stuff." Mm -hmm. That is that's the most amount of disappointment that I saw, and so then I knew I messed up and I knew that I had to fix something. So what happened was was that I then uh, I learned my mistake. I learned from my mistake and I joined the Air Force because I knew I still want to be in the military. And I knew that I was not ready for college right now. So I joined mm -hmm. the Air Force. So then I transferred over from the Army Reserves to the Air Force. So can you do that? I didn't realize that was a thing. I thought once you kind of, I guess they don't care as long as you're in. And you basically just transfer your your duties from one place to another, I suppose. So you can actually, so actually you can do that. So if you mm -hmm. don't, like for instance, it happens, it happens to basic training all the time. Mm -hmm. If you're not interested, if you're like, all right, you know what? I'm not interested in the Army Reserves or I'm not interested. So all you have to do is talk to your first sergeant and you have to tell them why you're not interested or you have mm -hmm. to tell your first sergeant why. You're like, So the only ways that you can get out and get a regular like uh, discharge, so just be called a general discharge, DD, mm -hmm. is if you're like, all right, hey, you know what? Maybe I 
you know, something big, drastic in my life happen. And they give you opportunities. They're like, well, is there a way that we can help you? Or is there like a way we can transfer you to a different base? And the list can go on. So they give you as many excuses as you can to make you get in. Right, so then, right. Or to make you stay in. And if that doesn't work, then here's where the catch is. Then they go and then they make your life a living it doesn't right. they make your life miserable and your way out on your out processing. So then they slow step your out process. Right. So it's miserable. But mine was very fast and convenient. And so because well, you're staying in. And so you were you actually upped you you up for a longer term by doing that. Yeah. So I didn't get a DD. So I just got like, hey, I just got transferred pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, it was I, I was so glad if it wasn't without being state if it wasn't if it wasn't without being stationed in Japan, I love mm-hmm. the Air Force. You know, I love the people. I loved how you can travel. I was stationed at Shepard Air Force Base, which is in Wichita Falls, Texas. Mm-hmm. It was absolutely a great experience. And, you know, the interesting part is so when you so you get a opportunity to get like the, like you get an opportunity to pick your duty station. Mm-hmm. I put mine at North Dakota as my number one spot. Okay. Right. And I also put like all stateside bases. And once I got my orders, I got Tokyo, Japan. And now <laughs> I'm like, no. Well, I don't know. I don't know. It sounds so fun, people, doesn't it? It was fun, but it was the people that I was with that didn't make it fun. Oh, okay. you know, it was the it was my, you know, it was my command. It was my the people I was with that made it like very miserable, actually. Mm, um, okay. It was not like, it was not enjoyable. Like it got to, I mean, I got bullied just from where I was from. Like I got bullied, like, you know, I got called a Russian agent. I got called mm-hmm. a Russian communist all the time. But you're you're not from Russia though, from, are you? I was born in Russia. I oh, you were born in Russia. You're naturalized, right? Yeah. natural. Yes. I'm an American citizen. Yeah. And so, and so because I was an American citizen, and it was frustrating because that like uh, lingered all along there. You know, it lingered me all along, and mm-hmm. it was, oh, man, it was it was frustrating. And I found so, out that the airport. But I thought you were lived in Wisconsin. Uh, so I was stationed. Oh uh, no! So what happened? Okay, so now we're getting to a different part of my life. Oh, I'm sorry. So, I'm jumping back no, and forth there. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're good. So what happened was, so I was adopted by a family in Bend, Oregon, mm-hmm. the first family. So I was adopted gotcha. twice. So okay. The first so, family I was adopted. Okay. So you. So let me ask you a question here, because actually I know some yeah. people who were in this same situation, who probably about the same age as you. I believe. So you were born in Russia, and you were an orphan, or you and your parents came over, or were you an orphan that got adopted? So I was in the orphanage at that time. Yes. So okay. I so I, I know orphanage. several people who came over as uh, orphans uh, from. Not necessarily Russia, but I mean from, you know, communist states. Yeah, well, Russia is very well communist. Yeah, no, but uh, I know, but there's, they're broken up a little bit more now. But yeah. Um, yeah. So well, that's interesting. So, so you came over to Wisconsin. Oh, that's that's wild. Yeah, and I definitely can tell you, I love the winners. You know, I am a huge mm-hmm. winner. And I posted on Dana Life of Sauce where if you like that's on my Instagram and stuff. Where mm-hmm. I posted like saying how like right now our trees are changing colors and you know another thing is that you don't really I mean I notice how like nature is actually really beautiful and you don't really notice until like you stop and you actually look at the trees like you mm-hmm. stop in the moment and when you're shopping for cars you find the prettiest colors of trees that you can ever find right. you know and 
it's and I love the four seasons. I'm sure you get the four seasons too. But you have more of a mile most, winner. Though. Most part, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I'd say you're... oddly enough, in, in the St. Louis area, we don't get spring. We get fall. No? We get winter, and then it usually goes straight from winter to summer, almost. Do you get the? Do you get? Do your leaves fall off or no? Oh yeah, yeah. We get the fall. It's happening right now. Yeah, there's all kinds of leaves everywhere. So yeah, but so the spring a... is very short. So the spring is very very short. Oh, it is. Yeah. Okay. So, how much snow do you guys get then? Not too much. I mean, year to year, we get some snow, but not like any kind of accumulation. Generally, it snows and then it goes away. It snows again, goes away. So, you know, not oh, um, so it's like a foot of snow or two foot of snow on the ground would be unusual. Yeah. Because we get a lot of snow. Yeah, up in Wisconsin, you do. Yeah, it's a lot of snow. Yeah. Yeah, and are you are you a winter person or no? Uh, I would say I'm a fall person. I love fall where it's not cold, but it's not hot, and uh, yeah, and I I like the you know the the leaves coming out of the trees and crunching around and everything. Yeah, I'd say that's my yeah, favorite. And, camp, yeah. and campfires and get to like relax yeah. and get to go. Yeah, uh, Sit and you know the yeah you know the interesting part about camping and stuff. I used to like. You know, I have to do a lot better shape and hiking and stuff. You know, I don't, you know, when I was a kid and stuff, I'm like, you know, we would go on road trips all the time. I'm not a road trip person, I found out. I'm more of a, like, you fly, like, you know, I'm more of a flyer. You fly from point A to point B because it's, like, Mm -hmm. short and convenient. But then I noticed that as you get older, you want to take time in driving. You know, Mm -hmm. driving is more your type of, your cup of tea because you get to stop at different, your mom and pop towns and, like, you get to like relax and you really get to see like the world America, literally, not just yeah. like you get to watch it, you know, and that's why I find it to be interesting. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, I mean, if you go most of the time, if you fly, you're going from larger city to larger city and you're not getting to see kind of the small town life that is all around, you know, um, if you drive, you get to see it. I mean, you know, if you drive, well, it depends what you, if you're on the interstate. Well, yeah, still, but still, even on the interstate, um, you know, I mean, you always get off, but uh, you see fields and a lot of nothing. I mean, if you've driven through Kansas, you can pretty much see a lot of nothing. What about um, Arkansas? Well, are you, <laughs> Arkansas. Uh, there's, <laughs> yeah. only one, there's only one highway in Arkansas, and it goes from uh, <laughs> it goes through Little Rock and down to Texarkana. So. Uh, yeah you know you know i have to say though i drove to arkansas and stuff mm-hmm. and holy cow it was like a brutal drive like and i <laughs> and i was like you had like hills and valleys and i'm mm-hmm. like and i think i drove i got off on the wrong area or something like that because i was like stuck on like a two-lane road and stuff so i was like oh, oh it's a one lane and the whole entire time i was like slamming on my brakes like i think i burned like through my brakes so much driving through Arkansas. That I was like, I'm not. I'm afraid that I'm not going to have any breaks from my way trip back. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's a it's an interesting state. I mean, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's not a lot of uh, easy travel. It's not like driving in the flat areas. You know? Yeah. Well, and not only that, but like uh, the sunsets in Arkansas mm-hmm. are not that pretty. I've heard yeah. that. <laughs> 
I mean, well, there's you stuff get, in the way. You don't get to see it for too long. Yeah, and not only that, but you also have like, I mean, I, that's why I love driving out in the plains, like of Iowa, and driving out in the because I remember driving to Sioux Center, Iowa, which mm-hmm. was in Dort. It was in Dort University and stuff, and I remember driving out there. Oh my gosh, it was gorgeous. Yeah, and, and like I was able to stop and take a picture of the sunset, and it's like, I mean, it was windy. Don't get me wrong; it was very windy, but you really get to see the country, God's country. You know where you get mm-hmm. to see the plains and you get to see the corn. Like yeah. like rustling around and well, not rustling around, but you get to see something happen, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it rustles in the wind, I suppose. And that's and, and now that, but like I absolutely love the way that happens, like the way how the Midwest and even it happens in Iowa or in Illinois. Mm-hmm. But man, if you go like in and don't get, like Chicago, I don't know if you you've been to Chicago before. Oh right? yeah, I've been to Chicago yeah. many times. Yeah. Holy cow, that city! It smells wretched the city of chicago <laughs> i have have you been to new york <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> new york is like a living uh sunk pump like a, a raw sewage that's how yeah, new york smells like garbage and piss yeah and so what happened is is i was down in chicago i was in the city actual the city city of chicago and if you go by cbs 58 which is actually in chicago or is i think cbs 27 or something like that they had uh, this guy puked all over the sidewalk. And I'm like, that is disgusting. And <laughs> I'm like, and he just, and he walked as if it was a normal day. And it was like, sure. well, I'm like, well, him. yeah. And it was like, I was not a, like, I'm not a fan how the subway system goes on top of the buildings and stuff. And it makes, oh, like you don't more... like the, the, uh, uh, the loop. I know. I don't like the loop at all. It makes it garbage. It makes it like kind of a jewelry feeling. Yeah. You know, mm. and and now that, but like, I, I mean, I thought Mayor Lightfoot would do something about the whole, like, uh, the whole crime thing. I'm afraid mm. to like, you know, I'm like, I have friends in Chicago. I'm like, what do I get you a bulletproof vest for Christmas or what? Like <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, though, I would say out of the, you know, larger cities that I've been to, Chicago is is one of the least uh, uh, worrisome. So, like, you can walk around downtown Chicago and not worry about it too much. Um, right there you on Michigan you, Avenue and stuff. Are you serious? I would, I mean. Yeah. Oh, no, I was there. Well, it's been, I guess, two years now. But I was there at Christmas two years ago walking around downtown. It was great. Yeah. It wasn't bad well, at all. Well, give or take. I mean, look who the mayor was two years ago. I mean, she... And it was not as, I mean, two years ago, wow, was it, was it under a Biden administration or no? Mm, no, it probably wasn't uh, at that See, point. That's, I don't think so. Yeah. He, yeah, was, but, but th- you, you're giving to people too much credit, I think. Um, I, I think it's, uh, you know, I, I think if everything ebbs and flows and, and depending on, you know, budgets and, and people's commitments and so forth. But yeah, it was, it was pretty nice back then. I mean, you know, St. Louis is a terrible crime rate here, but I'll tell you, I walk around St. Louis. I was, you know, down in the, where was I? At? I was down in Soulard not that long ago, which is uh, just south of, south of the downtown. 
Yeah, I was told that when I was, it was funny because I have a friend in St. Louis mm-hmm. and she's like, hey, and I was like, okay, once I, I heard never stop at nighttime in St. Louis. <laughs> well, I, I it, depending on where you stop. Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> you know, because I think, you know, St. Louis is a beautiful, but, you know, it's a beautiful city. And mm-hmm. I don't know, my favorite, so my favorite city I think I've ever visited, I think, Boy, it's really hard. It would have to be Manchester. I don't know why. Manchester or Manchester, New Hampshire. Because okay. it's, got, it's got like that mom and pop feeling. Like it's not a too big of a city. It's mm-hmm. one of the smallest cities of 43,000 people. Right. And it's like a very, like everybody kind of knows each other. And it's like you have that like kind of a rustic city kind of a atmosphere. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, New England like, is great up there. Yeah, it is. And you go to like you go to San Antonio, you go to other major cities, and it's completely polar opposite. I, mm-hmm. I have to tell another. I have to tell you another story. When I went on uh, to Seattle, downtown Seattle, mm-hmm. um, I went and landed in Seattle, and I took a light rain or a light rail over to downtown. Mm-hmm. I've never been afraid of being on the light rail system now mm-hmm. than I've ever been before. You know, I've been to Seattle a couple of times. <laughs> And because well, because yeah. what happened is, is that this person got deranged. It was a deranged individual. Okay, mm-hmm. he was yelling on the subway system, and now that, but then the light rail shuts in. It runs out of power. Had a power outage, Uh-oh. and so what happened was, was that they're like, "Oh, ladies and gentlemen, we're sorry about the inconvenience, but we're going to be here." I'm like, "Great, so now I'm going to be." I'm like, "I was afraid what was going to happen next." It was one of those moments. So I'm like, "All right." I'm not gonna be taking the light rail system back. I'm taking an Uber and a Lyft. And now I wouldn't <laughs> and now I wouldn't even touch Seattle if it were the last city on earth. No offense yeah. to people that live there. Because you look at it, so many people, Seattle is like a place where it's too you're too overly educated, but you're socially stupid and you're like you don't know what's going on and you're so naive to the surroundings. Yeah. I, you know? I haven't been to Seattle in a number of years. So there oh, it's changed. Ago. Trust me. It has and like you have people like that come up to you and like they don't look at the crime rate. I mean, clearly they forgot what happened to Chaz or Chavez, what is that like uh, that autonomous zone in Seattle mm-hmm. and their mayor. And clearly when you have the police chief resign during 2020 and when you have the police chief resign, a couple of them back to back. And then you elect a bozo mayor that doesn't do anything either besides uh, cater to the their own agenda mm-hmm. what do you think is going to happen you're not going to have like you're you're going to have people moving out of seattle and that's what's happening right oh yeah i'm you sure know? that there's a lot of suburbs now around seattle that are much better off than the city but that's oh, yeah. i think that's i think that's happening everywhere though i mean most places that you any city that you go to um the the actual city portion of it is very um you know decrepit looking and then you go out into the suburbs and that's where all the good stuff is most of the time uh, nashville i would debate nashville a lot with nashville has got a beautiful downtown but, but they i think they've done a lot of work to make that happen i don't think that was always the way it was no um, i'm sure no yeah it, the the problem is is that um i think as a society it, we all it all changes right so you know, your in your case, it would probably be your your well, not your grandparents because they were Russian, but I mean your adoptive grandparents. Um, you know, probably wanted to live in the city, and then their kids wanted to move out into the suburbs, and 
And so it becomes a cyclical thing <clears throat> where you have this decay and then rebirth, you know what I mean? And so um, it, it, it has always happened, I think, um, maybe not at the um, speed that it happens today, but even, you know, uh, you know, 100 years ago, people are like, oh, I don't want to live on a farm anymore. I want to go to the city. And then their kids grow up and they're like, gosh, the city's terrible. I want to go to the farm. Mm -hmm. And and so it just constantly churns, you know, and I think that's also, um, you know, a way for uh, the economy to keep going is to have all this constant movement because then, you know, nobody, um, uh, everybody's spending, spending, spending. They move yeah. in, they move out, they move, you know, here, they move there. You know, the grass is always greener, as they say. Um with those kind of things and so then that just all kind of churns and churns yeah uh, and it wasn't going to happen i think regardless of too many i mean certainly certain circumstances push those things but not it doesn't have to have all those circumstances i grew up in a town uh, decatur which was a booming industrial town in the 50s and 60s you were born and, in the 50s and the 60s no, I was not. But the town oh, was booming okay. in the 60s. Okay. And so then my parents ended up there because there was a lot going on and there was lots of money and you can get a decent job and yeah. and all that. And so then I was born. And then as I got older, it was in, uh, in the downward trend. And so now it's a city of decay because there's not none of those businesses are still there. I mean, these were big, big businesses that made car parts and oh, yeah. and um, tires and and uh, all this kind of stuff and and none of that's there anymore. It's all gone overseas. Like and that was Indiana. within a generation. Yeah, it was within a generation. So then, yeah. there's no reason for me to stay there. I mean, there's nothing there, right? Yeah, you, you can't. I mean, unless you you luck into something, I suppose. But there's not like the the, the plethora of opportunity. And so then you move to some place uh, where there's more opportunity. And yeah. Um, so, yeah, for, for me, basically, it was to go to Chicago or to St. Louis because those were the two closest areas of opportunity. And I didn't want to go to Chicago because it's too big. Um, so I ended up in St. Louis. No. Well, I have to, you know, with St. Well, St. Louis, is, St. Louis is now I would say, is it a booming city still, or is it like more on the? No, it's on the downward trend too. But when I first uh, got here, it was um, there was more happening. So there used to be, uh, and there still is, because Boeing is still here in St. Louis. But there used to be a whole aerospace industry in St. Louis, as well as um, they. The, there was a, a Ford plant, a Chrysler plant. Um, there was, you know, a lot of. Um, economic engines you know what i mean because uh, those those kind of things there's just such a huge amount of money that's associated with them right and there's so many people that have to keep that engine running and now i mean boeing's still here and it's still big but um uh ford and chrysler or chrysler i think still has some something here but not much the minivan was built in st louis did you know that Anyway. I did know that. Yes. Yeah, the first minivans were built in St. Louis, and, and I mean that was big business for a really long time. Yeah. Um, but now there's no uh, uh, Ford plant that went away 
20 some years ago, maybe. And that they used to do the Ford Explorer in St. Louis. But anyway, I digress. There was a, but what happens is when you have those big engines like that, then you have everything that's ancillary to that, right? So the guy who makes the windshield wipers is close by because he provides windshield wipers. You know what I'm saying? So all this kind of stuff. Um, and then with the, the nature of, of business in the 21st century, all that went overseas. And they're like, well, we can make it a lot cheaper and just pay to ship it over here. Right. And um, I mean, that's the real and, – and not to get into, you know, uh, conservatism or liberalism or anything but but the i think the real issue for uh since we're on this topic the real issue is that we don't we don't make things here uh, that's a fact uh, and it doesn't matter what your political uh bent is on that because what happens whenever you let go of your manufacturing is that then you let go of all the um, creativity well the things that go along with it so you know, the car isn't made of one piece, right? The car is made of thousands of pieces and those thousands of pieces branch out like a, like the internet, like a spider web mm-hmm. and, and all those employ people and you have engineers and you have higher educated people and you have uh, people who don't have any education or skilled labor, you know? So um, whenever you wipe those out, you wipe out a tremendous swath of, of uh, opportunities. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, that's probably if, if I were to say, you know, what's the worst thing that's happened. And the worst thing I think that's happened is, is our ability to make our own stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm getting into your territory now. I know you love to talk about this kind of stuff, but yeah, I've got, let me, I've let me about- take it back though. So you, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're bouncing around a little bit here, everybody, but, let me take it back. So you um, were paralyzed and you did all this therapy and everything. So like the day you you were doing OK, what happened? I mean, did they like just throw you out in the world? Well, so it took, so since I was still part of the military and stuff, they and since I was in the process of out processing, mm-hmm. I went to another. So I started doing outpatient. So mm-hmm. outpatient uh, care. So like I would go and do like outdoor like outpatient PT and then I started doing like outpatient occupational therapy so everything started become outpatient and so so what do they have you do for I mean you're still in the military they're still taking care of you so mm -hmm. the military doesn't like people to not do anything that was my full-time job was getting better oh really okay so they let you do that because they knew that they knew that I was on my way out and so they like knew they're like well you're not gonna we're not gonna you're not going to be needed. So we're going to just make sure that by the time you're out, you are fully capable. Like you, I mean, it's like nothing ever happened. So, you know? so they kind of did you right that way. They didn't just dump you off at the first signs of improvement. They kept you in until you could actually function. It tried. Yeah. And so it was actually a blessing. It was actually a blessing as, as well. Cause that way I could like, you know, and, <clears throat> and then I had to fight my, and then it was, and then it became like another like kind of a battle because, uh, it like the military tried to pull like something over my head. So like where you know when you're getting out and stuff, they're like your whole benefit stuff. So then they mm-hmm. try to say, hey, you know what, we're gonna put you temporary retirement, 
instead of like full retirement. So I'm like, okay, whoa, 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 whoa. No, what happens if this flares up again? What happens if I get sick? Mm-hmm. And get you know, logical questions. So I'm like, oh, okay. So then instead of putting a temporary, we're going to put a permanent. So I'm like, sweet. So it's like, I've been in for 20 years, but I've actually not. So it became my medical retirement. Mm-hmm. So therefore I had a hundred, like I had a hundred percent education benefits and I could go on base if I want to. But when you live in Wisconsin, there's not very many air force bases near what's the right. right. air force base to Scott airfield base in Illinois. Right. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I'm familiar with Scott. Yeah. That's the yeah. nearest one to Wisconsin. Seriously. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Wow, I didn't realize that. I figured there was something up there. It seems well, like every state has something. Well, there's well, there's Fort McCoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's in Wisconsin. But that's like, I mean, that's a reserve unit. And that's like, mm-hmm. I mean, Fort McCoy is not close to where I live. You know, and that's mm-hmm. the thing. Um, you also have Martin Truex Field, which is an Air Force Reserve. So that big whole debacle with the F-35s. Right. That, was, <laughs> that was in Madison, Wisconsin. And I mean, you go to that reserve unit, like this somewhat active, but it's not like actual, like you don't have a clinic on base. You don't have, it's like bare bones. So you have a BX and you have everything else. That's like right. bare minimum. But even that's like, uh, even that's a 54 minute drive from where I live, you know? And that's, you know, <clears throat> and so another thing is that because of it, I'm like, all right, you know what? I think I'm not going to be really sticking around base. Um, Cause I also noticed that like i mean the base has some good things but then at the same time it's kind of a hassle you know going on base and then mm-hmm. you know, you're not familiar with anyone because you're not you have any friends so it's like all right, i'm better off just being out in this building just putting that all behind and that's what i kind of did mm-hmm. you know so what happened was i went back to wisconsin and then i started and i was looking for colleges and i was like mm-hmm. looking to attend college and so i went and attended uh, this wonderful college called Nicola Bible Institute. It's a year-long biblical college. Mm-hmm. And it was a college I absolutely loved. And then I was like, okay, I wanted to continue to further my education. So then I went to another Christian college, to um, another college. And we know how that, if you've been tracking my social media feed, if you've been tracking my, <laughs> you, know, you probably know how well that ended. You're, you're fighting with people. So what did you get from the Bible college though? You went for a year and what did you, what did you finish with? So it was, so it was more getting your general ads out, like your general education out. So it's kind of like um, a community college in some ways. You, well, it's like, it's got like three classes. Uh, well, a little bit more than three classes. It's got four classes. Mm-hmm. And you work at a summer camp and you work during a camp and I absolutely love it. And it's, I came back, I loved it so much working at the camp. That I came back to it again this past mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. And there's something that like, it re, it's a re, it's pain. It rewards itself. You know, mm-hmm. like when the kids are gone, you like have time to spend with your friends. And I learned about, I learned a lesson, like even through life and stuff that there are times where you have to stop and take a moment and like, okay, you know what? I have to live in the now. I can't focus on behind the screen. I can't focus on making content created. I can't focus on that. I want to spend time and I want to build relationships. That mm-hmm. didn't, I didn't get that first time when I went through my very first year of working full-time summer staff. I didn't right. get that. Now, this time of year, this time around, this past summer, I did that. And so because of it, I have lifelong friends that now I visit and I was able to visit last yesterday in uh, Minneapolis. And I was also able to visit her, another gal in Illinois, in Orland Park and Mm. um, in Naperville. So I was able to visit those kind of friends. And it's as and those friends are going to be lifelong. Those friends are going to be like, hey, you know, if I get if I ever do get married or, you know, if when I do get married, 
let mm-hmm. me invite you to my wedding or let me have you be part of my wedding, you know? Right. So, yeah. No, that's great. It, and those, and those are valuable life lessons. And sometimes we have to, and I'm more of a person that learns the hard way, sadly. I don't know why, but I've always tend to learn lessons the hard way, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and thank goodness that I didn't have to learn this, the lesson the hard way, because everybody pretty much all came back after this past summer because they loved it. And it's more of a camp saying, okay, you know what? Because of the hard work, you always say to yourself, okay, this is my last summer. And next thing you know, you come back next summer. You know, it's yeah. one of those moments. You know, it's one of those love, it's, I wouldn't say love-hate relationship, but it's a stress relationship, you know? Right, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, when it's happening, you're like, eh. But when it's, it's so, done, you're like, oh, this was so fun. It, it, yes, it's one of those. Especially, I did Dish Crew for two years now, and that was a very stressful job. I mm. mean, you have... You have to like do dishes for 500 people per meal, and that gets like, and you you're in charge of people. So if Hobart breaks down, and if you're not produ- if you're not getting out enough, or if you're not getting right. out, then you get. So it was a, it's a very stressful job, um, mm-hmm. and I was like, I was like, man, I'm glad that I'm not like working. And so you took those turnover days, and you're like, man, am I glad that I have time with you? Now I can spend time with with you guys. Now I can build a relationship with you. But it was when those kids left. But when they got back, when during the camp session, when they was in camp, you really got to, you really didn't get hang out to, you didn't really hang out with those people very much. It was a very mm. low amount of people, which yeah. is, it was hard to build a relationship. So you, and I can tell you though, if you're not, if you don't have a relationship like in within your own department, that's not a very good relationship. That camp session can drag out forever. You know? <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't, and it was interesting. I didn't know what day of the week it was. You know, I yeah. didn't know what day it was, and so I tried to. I tried podcasting for a couple of days. I tried try to do my Christian podcast called "Remember God Loves You," and I'll meet you at the finish line, which is your daily devotions and stuff. Mm-hmm. That lasted about two days into it, and I was like, okay, this is way too much. Like, it wasn't way too much work, but it took way too much mental energy because mm-hmm. you work like you work twelve plus hours a day. Right. And by the time you're done, you get done at 8 or 9 p.m. at night, and you're like, okay, you know what? I just want to spend time with other people. Right, people. you want to de- decompress, right? Yeah, and so I was like, all right, I'm going to decompress. So that's one way I decompress. So we went out in about an hour ago. We went and we saw, like, movies, and we got to see The Sound of Freedom. So it was absolutely phenomenal. And that's where I started the Day in the Life of Sauce. You know, it's a mm-hmm. mini vlog, I call it. On my social media platforms, but I think that's a hit and miss on certain platforms. But it was interesting, you know, and it's and it was after the camp, after we all left, it was very hard saying goodbye to them, you know, because now, now do all those people come from other places as well? Because yes. I mean, so yes, they're, they do. you're not like they don't live there or close by. It sounds no. like they are all coming from other states and everything so, too. Some of them come from Florida, number one. Uh, some of them come from like Colorado, Arizona, Ohio. So they they come around from. Um, we had two people from Mexico actually that came up to work. So it's mm-hmm. comprised of many people from all like literally all different walks of life from all different states. So mm-hmm. you are like you live up there, you live up there for a whole summer, and you get to interact with them. And so then. Uh, after you leave, so the whole entire summer, you build a relationship with them. And some people actually do live up there. Like, they've mm-hmm. always lived up there. So they, like, you know, be part of summer staff because they just want to be friends and stuff. So they, right. some of them live up there. But mo- majority of the workers are nowhere near, like, uh, no, like not even in Wisconsin. You know, right. some of them are, yeah. like, from – majority of the workers are from Illinois, actually, from Chicago okay. area. 
That's interesting. So, so this kind of tells me, you know, I, I kind of wondered this. So you like to travel around. You've gone, I mean, you pop up in the weirdest places, it seems like. And is it because of the, of your, of the incident, of the experience that you were like so stuck for, for so long there that, that now you just want to, you know, go everywhere? Well, I mean, the reason why I want to, so for instance, like when I went to Nashville, Tennessee, Nashville, Tennessee, mm -hmm. when I went to uh, Minneapolis and stuff, I want to continue building those relationships that we built off. You know, so mm -hmm. I went to Liberty College to spend time with some friends I worked up there this past summer. Because now I want to like fine tune our relationship to like where it's like, okay, you know what? When we leave, <clears throat> when we leave, um, when I leave off of like our relationship, so when we interact again, it's like we never left again. You know, it's like mm -hmm. we never left. So we can leave off of our conversation, you know, instead of, hey, you know what? You know, how have you been? Or like, so you're not like treading around. So it's mm -hmm. that kind of relationship. So like, that's why I go to Chicago. Well, that's why I'm like around, I visit Chicago. Like I took a whole week in Chicago mm -hmm. to like have, we had a big summer, end of the summer party. And then we had, and I went around other people's houses and got to spend time with them and really got to, you know, spend time with their family. So you get to like build a bigger relationship. You get to build a bigger network around you and stuff. And that's, mm -hmm. it was a very cool experience. Mm -hmm. Then they got to see the non-camp of you. You know, they got to see like right. your style of non-camp because it was funny because I wore my camp style ended up, I ended up wearing like three, like um, I ended up wearing an orange shirt with my Air Force shorts on. And that was like, I had four pairs of each. So each camp session came around and then you have like, and then I have like uh, working shorts and stuff. My regular like shorts, cargo shorts that ended up being my outfit. So then I had to do like laundry three or four times a week because I'd go through so much of the clothes. And I did, <laughs> I did, I did pack light, by the way, I packed very light. And I, mm -hmm. that was another lesson I learned from a year before, because it's not about fashion when you go out there. It's about the kids. Right. Right. You, you're there to, to kind of do a job and yeah, you're and, not there to uh, look good. Yeah. So, so then, um, so you're doing that. So you're talking about building relationships. Over. So what's the, you know, what's, I mean, other than it's nice to know people, is there an end game for this? Are, are you, are you planning something going forward and that's why you want to do this? Or is it just because you want to do it? Well, so there's some, Okay, I'm gonna try how to say this. I'm gonna try to be careful. <laughs> I okay. Just say so, it. Don't worry about it. Just say it. Okay. I mean, oh boy, how do I? Man, there's like so much to say. That's a big question. I mean, I think it's important that like you know you surround yourself with friends that you care for. You know, there's important because you go through difficult times in your life. You know, you mm -hmm. go through like times where um, your kidneys you don't work. Or, or you go through like those ups and downs you go through like and you never know if a person also like another person might be going through their ups and downs so when you have that important relationship you can be there for each other you know for the mm -hmm. good moments for the happy moments so for instance when they have a wedding you can get invited to their wedding then or you can be mm -hmm. part of the wedding because you've already built a relationship with them right or when you're or if you want to have a christmas party or if you want to like have a big like gathering you are then invited and because you built that fine-tuned relationship and it's mm -hmm. about and it's also about networking too you know if a cool job opportunity comes up because that friend like hey i know a friend that likes to 
like for example, they have a news agency. They're like, oh, I have a friend that loves the news and has loves podcasts. Why don't you give him a call? So it's mm-hmm. all that networking stuff. It's very fascinating. I mean, it's, it's very fascinating to like learn about. So now I, I, I have to say this, Sas, because it's interesting the way you're talking about that. But I think a lot of people, and I would say, I, I would get, I would take a guess that the majority of the people don't even think about those things. They just, I met somebody and I talked to them and then it progresses in a way without any kind of thought to it. You know what I mean? So for just to give you an example, right? So I have a friend that I have uh, known now for, oh gosh. It's Miles. No, well, I've known Miles since 1990. Um, but so, I mean, I've known him since that, that long, but whenever we first met and everything, I didn't even think it. He actually was invited to my wedding and I was invited to his, but neither one of us showed up. But that's a whole other story. But I've had friends that were older than that and I still talk to, but there was never any thought about about it. It just happened. Right. And I didn't think about in the future. I, I, like I just went to lunch with a, a friend of mine uh, a week ago that I've known since uh, 1980. Uh, and we're still friends. Right. But in 1980, I was very young, but we didn't think about these kind of things. But you're thinking about these things. Why do you think that you are thinking about these things when a lot of other people, it, it just kind of just flows and you, you don't even realize, you realize it later, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But you don't realize think, it at the time. No, I think it has to deal with the way I was growing up, the way that I grew up, you know, because mm-hmm. when you so my dad's a pastor and my mom's a music teacher, mm-hmm. you know, and when you're, when your dad is a pastor, when your mom is a choir teacher, you know, it's, I mean, it's phenomenal. Be And now that, but then when I also was like, I mean, my parent, like my family is like very well, like, I mean, they care like about building relationships, you know, they want mm-hmm. you to like have, have healthy relationships. So mm-hmm. if you give, <clears throat> if you surround yourself with friends well, and now that, but when you surround yourself with healthy friends and surround yourselves with friends that are going to be networking, you are therefore going to be motivated to be like set goals and achieve them compared to mm-hmm. people that you don't send, you don't like surround yourself with friends like they're going to be like encouraging you along the way and say, Hey, what do you think about this idea? You know, I'm thinking about going on this trip. What do you think about it? Or I'm thinking about doing this job. What are your thoughts? So you're if saying you talk- that hanging around with somebody who just smoked pot all day was not a good choice. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> they don't, they don't influence, they influence you in a negative way. They, they, they influence you in the negative, they influence you. And most of the time they make you start an addiction that you don't want to, like, that's hard to break, you know? Mm-hmm. And I mean, <clears throat> when, so if you surround yourself with people that are like, like more on top of it, you're therefore going to mature faster. You're going to mature like quicker compared to somebody that is. Now, what, so is this, the, would you say that this is a philosophy that you got from your parents? Your, yes. Your parents? Okay. I'm just curious because I mean most people don't have this kind of insight sauce. I want to be honest with you. You're not a very, you're not a very um, old guy, but you're talking about old I guy feel like things. I'm, old. I'm well. Another thing, <laughs> well, another thing is I also have to give this credit to my grandpa. You know, my grandpa mm-hmm. was I loved my grandpa a lot. He, I remember going to him like when my grandma was on dialysis. I remember going to him with him to. Um, McDonald's on Saturday mornings, you know, mm-hmm. I would spend the night at my grandpa's grandma and grandpa's house. And I'm like, yeah, let's go. So we yeah. go dial. So we got drop off my grandma at dialysis and then we would go to McDonald's 
to, with the old guys. They're considered right. old guys. And they gave me so like, they're like, Hey, how's it going? And it's like, you have to like mature quicker because they don't want to talk to you if you're not really mature. So you have to like, really like grow. Yeah, well, like, they're talking about stuff that means something to them. Right. Yeah. yeah. They're not talking uh, about the star Wars figures or something. Yeah. Or not. And they or they don't talk about Legos. They, and then right, Legos. That, that's better. Legos. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so I, therefore I had to like, it was also through my grandpa. My grandpa gave me also very wise, like, wise like um, very wise tips on stuff so for instance like he's like if you want to live a good retirement never smoke or drink because you might as well mm -hmm. you're not going to live a very good life because majority of it you're probably going to be spending more of it on health insurance like on health care more mm -hmm. than anything or you're going to spend it more on uh on your addiction so if you don't like if you stay away from that kind of stuff mm -hmm. you you're then not going to you're going to be a you're going to more most likely stay away from that kind of environment because you want to like you, you want to, that's always on the back of your head. For instance, I mean, like this philosophy, you know, a lot mm -hmm. of young people buy brand new used cars or not right. brand new cars. They buy right. brand new Waste cars. of money. Waste of money. And that's why I was, um, you know, I'm more of a, I hate car payments, you know, mm -hmm. and you can buy a brand new car when you're retired because you've worked all your life and you're going to treat yourself. But mm -hmm. right now, as a 25 year old now, I can say, I, all I care about is getting from point A to point B and making mm -hmm. sure that, you know, my car is like, you know, doesn't break down on me, number one, doesn't like right. uh, cause me in any harm and, or I don't cause harm on other people. So, mm -hmm. you know, get me something. I mean, is it going to have high mileage? Absolutely. You know, <laughs> I mean, that's, but that's with everything though. And, right. and then now, not only that, but like, at 25, am I going to get a nice car so I can show off to everyone? Ooh, cool. But then, I'm not going to have a good retirement because I'm going to be more focused on paying that interest off and the right. car, pay the car yeah. you know, and now, and don't forget about the high insurance rate that's going to come with it, you know, getting right. a brand new car. So, I mean, I've also was taught like with this lesson through my dad, always buy used cars. If you don't like, if you're worried about like, you know, if you want to save money, the best way to do it is pay in cash. You always mm -hmm. have to like save money on the side in the savings account pay cash and then there you don't have to worry about car payments you don't have to worry about like right. insurance rates you don't have to worry about a hard inquiry uh from a, a creditor because you want to take money out you don't have to worry about that you know right yeah definitely that's all great advice i'm i'm surprised that uh that's why i say you're you're talking like an old man rather than a young man uh, oh i feel like i'm old at times i feel like i'm very old <laughs> i mean don't get me wrong there are days and it was funny because uh, we went hiking the other day and like when I was in New Hampshire, we went hiking. I was like, and they joked about it. They're like, wow, the young one is like winded already. And we're like about a couple hundred feet up. Like we were a couple hundred feet, like into the, like, like we were about like two or three football yards, like into our hike. And mm -hmm. I was like huffing and puffing. And like the older people are like, like double, double my age. Oh, actually triple my age. Mm -hmm. And I felt so embarrassed. I'm like, okay, I'm way, I'm like way out of shape. And of course, How I'm high up for you. That's the other thing. Uh, we, it was a ski slope, so we were not yeah. going to hike at all. Oh, it was okay. okay. Uh, it was more like hiking on rocks. That's where I was at. So I was, mm, I was, okay. I do have to admit that I was out of shape, and it gave me a reality check. Say, okay, you know what? Maybe you need to start going on those walks, and you need to actually get like stay away from like the sugars and start staying away yeah. from the sugar things and get more on the sugar. Sugar is a killer. It is. It, I noticed that like. I noticed if you and the weird part is I was doing so good about staying away from sugar, but then it's like it's so addictive. That's a problem. Right. It's it's 
it's just like drinking and smoking, honestly. It, yeah, it's yeah. Caffeine's actually the worst of it all, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I w- I'm going to have to let. Well, I hate to doing this, but we should do this again. <laughs> no, it's okay. It, it's a little over an hour. I was going to wrap it up here, but I, I mean, real quick here. So uh, tell everybody where they can find you, so we get that oh, absolutely. in. So people can find me on TikTok, Sauceman1776. They can find me on Facebook, Sauceland Timonson, uh, Instagram, Real Sauceland Art, um, Timonson Art. And then uh, Twitter is Real Timonson Art, T-E-M-A-N-S-O-N. And then I am also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Anywhere you see podcasts, just mm-hmm. put the SOS report and you'll find me. I post wonderful content. I have some interviews. I have more as a news slash uh, society podcast and a Christian mm-hmm. podcast, but you're more welcome to give her a follow and give her a listen and you'll never, and also stay along with my vlogs. You'll never, you'll always be wondering, okay, where's he at today now? Or what's, <laughs> what's him out of his mouth? Where's Sus at? Yeah. Yeah. That's the, that should be a game. Where is Sus? Yeah, Just where's like, Sus today? You get, you, you travel around so much. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit envious uh, that you get to travel so much because I, I, uh, I enjoy the traveling. I don't enjoy um, being away from home, which is kind of a, a weird, uh, you know, uh, irony of it. But um, I do like going different places. But the hard part is being away from home. But uh, no, everybody, check out Sauce's stuff. He is uh, an interesting guy, and I. It's so. I mean. You've gone through. I, I didn't realize you've gone through this much. Uh, I guess, uh, and it's really interesting. But um, keep doing what you're doing, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll double back and talk again. All right. Yeah, we should. So, already, thank you so much, and remember to keep it saucy. <laughs>